We've got a huge inside the NRL coming your way. Joseph Sawali gets the current life. NRL CEO Andrew Abdo joins us live to tell us why. The Match Review Committee makes its first big statement of the season. And after a first up loss, the Titans are ready to battle the Broncos in Friday's local derby. We cost to Justin Colbrook for a chat. Yeah, all of that and plenty more coming up right here, including a brand new segment that will have each and every one of you at home talking after the show. Hello and welcome to Inside the NRL and welcome to our expert panellists, Michael Chamis, Brent Reid's replacement. He's going by now. <laughs> Reid was on fire last week. And 2010 Premiership winner, Jamie Sauer. Gents, round one footy, one and done for eight teams. The other eight, well, they have some work to do. But I want to know what left egg on your face after the first eight games of the season. I'll start things off at the back end of last year. I thought the Morris brothers could have potentially gone one year too long. They looked a little bit slow in the back end, as the whole Roosters outfit did. But they just... <laughs> Egg all over my face. Well, they were on four, fire. Four tries. 600, 606 <laughs> metres uh, between them, four tries, ten line breaks. I'm just, boys, you're way too good. Yeah, I've said it before. Brett Morris, the best finisher that we've seen in the NRL era. Uh, my one's the Broncos. Uh, Alex Glenn was on the show last week, and I tipped them to win Wooden Spoon. The way they played in that first half, boys, I was really impressed. I don't think they will now. I've seen some teams over the weekend that are going to struggle to win early on. Michael, why have you got egg all over your face? I've written off Melbourne too many times. Cronk left, I thought they were gone. Billy left, I thought they were gone. And I was convinced they were gone after Cam. <laughs> and they just keep finding a way to do it. They were the best team on the weekend by a country yeah. mile. What a way to start the year. I think they did it without Harry Grant. So they've got Brandon Smith as a backup. Hall. And Finucane. And Finucane. Mm. All right, they're on fire. Speaking of on fire, Michael Chamis was on fire this afternoon. He revealed the news that Joseph Sawali has been given the green light uh, to play before his 18th birthday on August 1. Michael? big yarn in the game. How did the Roosters get this exemption across the line? It's been a few months in the making, Zach. Uh, this, this started well before the Roosters even signed Suwali. It was actually South Sydney who started the ball rolling when they were trying to get an exemption. They obviously missed out in that situation. The Roosters poached him, but the, the NRL has gone through a process here with the Roosters to try and find out whether he's A, mentally ready, B, physically ready, and C, able to handle the rigours of everything else that comes around with you know the hype that he's at, at the moment and whether he can handle that going forward. Now, there was psychological evalu evaluation. They did obviously physical testing to make sure that everything was up to scratch. And they met with him as well last week to, to determine whether he was ready to, to play NRL. And physically, we've seen on the weekend and, and in the trial games that there is no doubt Joseph Sawali is ready to handle playing with the big boys. Now, whether he can handle the pressure that's kind of come his way, and there's plenty of pressure on Joseph Sawali because the reality is the hype of, on, on him has been more than anyone we've seen in a long, long, long time. So the NRL today decided we'll give him a shot. So, Sawa, you were out there on the weekend calling that game where he yeah. scored two tries for North Sydney in the New South Wales Cup. You've said all along he's ready, but they have a star-studded back line. When do you think he'll be unleashed? I don't think the pressure's on him at all, actually. I think that he's going to come into a, a back line that's been playing together for a while, has won championships together, and that is a transition that is going to be easier. If he was going to a club that had finished in the bottom five last year and had all the hype and was coming through and projected to be their saviour, when he goes into that Roosters squad, 
if he goes into that Roosters back line, he's expected to do his job and that's it. And he's not going to be judged on anything else. It's not like he is put into a team where they're not going to be competing, they're not a top four side, and he's going to be hailed as a saviour. Oh, I disagree, see. It's not even football. From There's different t- types of pressure on, on blokes. I get what you're saying. You're right. He's not under pressure to win games and win them a competition. But every single person is going to watch his first game thinking, is this kid as good as everyone's made out to be? Is he good enough? Can he handle it? Like, there's, a, there's a pressure with that that doesn't matter how he performs. It's going to be there all year. Every time someone watches the Roosters, they're going to watch Joseph Sawali. All right. He's unlikely to be unleashed this weekend against the West Tigers on Sunday, Arvo. But how's this? Round three, the Roosters against the Rabbitohs, Friday night. <laughs> This would be the ultimate chapter in the book of feuds, wouldn't it, if he's unleashed in round three? It would. I saw, uh, as I called the game on the weekend, he's physically he's ready. He's still learning the game, though. He and Sam Walker are very, very young, very talented, but they're still learning the game and what the next step is going to look like for them. He will not play until Origin. Okay. Unless there's an injury. Round yeah. three, though, it would be one hell of a game of footy and one hell of a storyline if they yeah, unleashed him against the Rabbitohs. Russell Crowe's got more of a chance of playing than <laughs> The Book of Feuds. <laughs> Rusty would be up in the stand doing <laughs> these ones, potentially. But we have the thumbs up here on Inside the NRL because we are joined by the boss of the game, NRL Chief Executive Officer Andrew Abdo. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us on what is an historic day, I guess, for the game. I want to know how uh, the game came to the decision of allowing a 17-year-old an exemption to play before he's 18. Yeah, I was um, just uh, listening to you guys uh, debate that. So, um, uh, yeah, clearly it's, a, it's big news. It's exciting news uh, for the game. Uh, he's, uh, Joseph is uh, an exciting athlete. And uh, what the commission said right from the start is that they will look at an exemption for the age at which a player can have their contract registered in the NRL if there are exceptional circumstances. And we've spent the last couple of weeks working with the club to understand how those risks can be mitigated and uh, to make sure that this is uh, an exemption, which, uh, to be honest, I think would be very rare. Um, It's important to note that, you know, he's turning 18 on the 1st of August and um, in our discussions with the Roosters, certainly uh, their plan is to transition him to uh, playing in their role over a, a number of weeks. And so, you know, who knows, he may he may actually only take the field pretty close to his actual 18th birthday. Andrew, I know how much you love social media all over. And a, a lot of the talk after the Sawali announcement is fans up in arms that the Roosters have got special privileges here, they've been looked after. And now, obviously, that's not the case because the NRL said it would consider this well before the Roosters even signed him. Now, w- did that play in your mind, though, that the, the, a lot of the talk around favouritism for the Roosters, was that a, a factor at all and, and trying to allay concerns from fans that they were getting looked after? Yeah, well, let me put everyone's mind at rest. Like, when you think about trying to run one of the most exciting, one of the most even competitions in the world, there's no fair favour for anyone, for players or for clubs. Uh, you've got to do what's in the best interests of the game long term. And the commission take that obviously very, very seriously. And um, uh, so any, you know, th- th- this was considered on the merits of the facts. And there was a significant amount of independent analysis and data and engagement that took place. And that would take place regardless of who, in this particular case, Joseph Suwali um, was attempting to register a contract with. And, uh, and each case will be uh, evaluated on their merits going forward too. 
Andrew, what a way to kick off the season. The Rabbitohs against the Storm. A lot of people are saying it could be a grand final preview, but the ratings, the fans absolutely loved it. The highest rating round one match on Fox Sports. Their third highest ever in the history since they've been covering rugby league. That must really, really please you. Of course. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited and pleased that the football is, is up and running and the weekend start, comes early now on Thursday each week. But what a, what a great way to start our 2021 uh, Telstra Premiership. That game was, um, was certainly great entertainment and uh, right from the kickoff. And, uh, and we've, we saw a number of exciting games across the weekend. And you're right, the fans have responded. We've had uh, record ratings, not just across uh, that particular opening game, but across the whole weekend. We're up on all platforms, um, on all of our partners' channels, and um, obviously a massive increase in the uh, number of fans that are streaming games and, and enjoying them online as well. Andrew, a lot of rule changes in the off-season. Are you happy with how they were projected in round one? Yeah, Jamie, I mean, it's, I think it's too early to uh, assess the impact of the rule changes on, uh, on the actual entertainment product. And we monitor every, you know, lots, of, lots of statistics and data after each and every game, but you need to look at it over a period of time. Um, we saw, actually, ironically, a slight decrease in ball in play, but a decrease in elapsed time. So there was less dead time for fans. Um, but... The, the numbers weren't materially different from uh, last season or the season before, for that matter. But the games were exciting. Uh, there were less penalties, there were more line breaks, and tries were, were very similar. So, um, I mean, rugby league is such an exciting game, and uh, I'm really looking forward to round two now and seeing what, uh, what unfolds as we see more games and more clubs showing uh, early form. As the game gets faster, we fast forward six weeks' time. What is the NRL prepared to do if coaches and players give the feedback that the game is too fast and to make those changes? Do we go back a little bit or do we just keep pushing on? No, I mean, I think you've always got to get the balance. When you think about a sports entertainment product and when you think about a great experience for fans, you have to get the balance right between attack and defense you have to get the balance right between you know, maintaining possession and possession turning over and you have to get the balance right between speed and fatigue and make sure that you are encompassing all elements of the game so of course we'll continually look at uh, how the rules are being applied and adhered to by the teams and what might need to be tweaked to make sure that we're moving in the right direction um, and, and, and again, you know, these are things that we take very seriously because ultimately uh, this is about making sure that we have a great experience for our fans. Andrew, there'll be a lot of talk this week. Matt Burton, Canterbury versus Penrith. Where are we at with trade windows? Because it seems a little bit unfair that Penrith and Matt Burton are put in a situation where uh, you know, they're under pressure to move players on or to let go of players. Is there any update on where we're at with transfer windows? Yeah, we're, uh, the review is underway. We have a working group. Um, this We're talking about existing commercial contracts, so we can't just um, not respect those. So we have a collective bargaining agreement with the players, so we have, we're have working with the RLPA on that. We are also working with the clubs and understanding their perspective, so the players' perspective, the clubs' perspective, um, and, of course, the fans' perspective. And, uh, I mean, Michael... The review is well underway. It's something that we hope to conclude in the middle of the season and then take something to the Commission for consideration. But certainly we understand the importance and the urgency of getting the balance right between players honouring the contracts 
but equally understanding uh, what is a fair and appropriate way to facilitate players moving clubs at the right time. Andrew, you were on hand to watch the Warriors beat the Titans on the weekend. They're still pushing hard to get 20 home games in season 2022. Cameron George, he's still hopeful. Are you happy or have you started any dialogue with the Warriors about that? <laughs> uh, I mean, it wouldn't be uh, Cameron not to ask for that. I, I mean, uh, you know, just to manage everyone's expectations, you know, that's not necessarily something that we think is, is going to be on the agenda for next season. However, let me start by first acknowledging uh, how terrific it is to have the Warriors again sacrificing um, time away from New Zealand and having their families here in Australia uh, for the foreseeable future playing out of the, you know, the Central Coast um, to allow our competition to keep running. Uh, what they did last year was phenomenal and what they've agreed to do this year again is um, we, we're all the beneficiaries of that um, and the spirit in which they are and they've adapted to their new environment uh, has been terrific too. And the fact that they got off to a win at their home away from home is, is also a credit to them. But at this stage, you know, there's no plans for us to have a um, home and away season in New Zealand. We have a number of considerations there. Um, so that's not something that we could just uh, all of a sudden do. Although I appreciate the sentiment. And certainly once we see the vaccines roll out, we see international borders open up, the ability for us to take more games to New Zealand and, and create double headers and create great content in New Zealand for our rugby league fans over there is absolutely on the agenda. Andrew, as always, thank you so much for your time on Inside the NRL. A ratings winner in round one of the NRL. No doubt today's show will be a ratings winner with a boss on the show. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Andrew Abdo there. Uh, in other news, Cronulla's Jesse Ramian could miss up to four weeks for his high shot on Matt Dufty. Jamie, is it a stance that we can see moving forward from the match review committee that anything of this nature, they'll come down hard? Yeah, well, I was there at the game on the sideline and it was a, a high shot that you didn't really see until you saw it on the replay. So I think the, the NRL just want to stamp this out nice and early. You can see the swinging arm there from Jesse Ramian clicks Dufty across the jaw. So four weeks is, is going to put people on notice now that that's going to be a lengthy suspension for one of their strike players. So he'll miss three weeks with an early plea. Michael, you happy with that stance? Yeah, I'm happy with that. I, I just feel there was an opportunity there. to Look, he was in that position. He could have tackle him anywhere else. I, yeah, it was reckless. Okay, alright, I mentioned off the top of the show brand new segment, it's called NRL Stock Market. This is the first edition and no doubt it's going to go very smoothly so we're going to, uh, I'm going to ask you guys whether you're going to buy, sell or hold on okay. certain players. What a way to start Anthony Milford. On fire in the first half fell away in the second half. Buying, decision making in the second half for me, yeah, cost me yeah, pushing all my chips in and buying it all. But uh, I liked what I saw from Anthony Milford. It was the first time I felt like I've seen him excited to play. And the old Friday night Broncos, the house is rocking. So I was really pleased for Anthony to be playing like that. But, yeah, I'm buying. Chamis, David Fafita. I'm going to hold David Fafita. I, yeah. Sit I, on the fence? Yeah, That's I'm good. going to sit on the fence. I still think Tino's going to be far more valuable to the Titans than David Fafita. But time will tell. We'll hold, see what happens. Benji Marshall, the Rabbitohs' roaming middle half. By it's going to be crucial of when he injects himself into the game or when Wayne puts him on, but I thought he made a difference on the weekend. OK, Chamis, Brandon Smith as the Storm's hooker. That's the key, as their number nine. I'm going to sell. Give, oh. give him to me. He's, um, well, give for now, me. for four weeks, yes, but as soon as Harry Grant comes back, I'm sorry. I'll take him. OK, he played in the New South Wales Cup for Newtown over the weekend. Andrew Fafita, are you buying, selling, holding? I'm going to hold. I think that I watched him play. His attitude was great and he's going he's to find it hard to get in that 17, but I'll hold at the moment because there might be a chance for him. 
Michael, uh, he was good in a losing side. Kyle Flanagan. Yeah, buy. I'm buying him knowing that in six months, in 12 months, when Matt Burton's there, you're going to reap the benefits. Okay, and there was plenty of talk about Joseph Suwali, but what about Sam Walker? You called the North Sydney Bears game. (laughs) Buying, selling or holding? The house on it. This kid, (laughs) he is... Yeah, give give it to me. So, so no pressure Buying. on Joseph Suwali, but you've just put immense pressure on he Sam Walker. He is class. He, three try assists and just a ball player. Still needs to fill out a little bit, but, yeah, he's a good one. Best young, I think he's better than Suwali. Best young Roosters half since... What year did you play, Josie? Top, oh, please. <laughs> wow. Better than Suwali. Big, big call. We'll have to wait and see. But now it's time for this week's edition of the Casualty, Casualty Ward, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And we just had our own casualty here because I nearly uh, didn't get that out. All right, let's look at the big uh, the big news surrounding the players injured in round one. Matt Lodge is facing two to three weeks out with a hamstring injury. Xavier Coates and John Asiata could play this week, as uh, could Tom Burgess. Luckily, they're not as bad as first feared. We've got Jake Friend and Adam Kieran facing some time on the sidelines. Jake Friend, of course, suffering a head knock against Manly. Adam Kieran, a big blow with six to eight weeks on the sideline. Bradman Best... And Kurt Mann for the Newcastle Knights. They have had scans and we're not sure yet how long they'll be out. Look at this. Fresh news, Justin, guys. You and Aitken will miss eight to ten weeks. Cody Ramsey is having scans this afternoon. Good news for Manly. He'll play despite having a cork thigh uh, suffer against the Roosters. So the, the big breaking news, you and Aitken are signing for the Warriors eight to ten weeks on the sideline, so he's not back until mid-year. No, and he played quite well on the weekend. He was a, a recruit for Nathan Brown ahead of that squad, and when they win on the weekend, you want to try and keep that 17 together. You think about how Penrith were last year, no injuries, you get momentum, you get rhythm. I think it's a huge loss. What about the Roosters? Obviously, if Jake Friend and Boyd Cordner are out, their co-captains are out for some time, is it time to give James Tedesco the captaincy full-time? It's, it's a big question, but it allows those players, do you think, just to focus on themselves and their fitness? Yeah, the Roosters need to phase into a new leadership model because there's every chance Boyd Cordner doesn't come back and there's now every chance that Jake Friend may have played his last game in the NRL. So if you're Trent Robinson, you need to, to blood new leaders there. Now, they've got natural leaders in Luke Keery and Tedesco, but captaining aside and knowing what to do and when to do it is a different story. So it'd be good to see James Tedesco get a bit more of a run on that. Would it have any impact on Teddy in his game? Nah. Would he score three trials in the weekend? He did score three trials yeah, in the weekend. I think he'll be okay. But he does like he really doesn't have that much leadership experience. Well, he's the captain, but on the on-field captain would be Keary. Like he's the one getting him in position. I think Jake Friend's a huge loss for them. Yeah, you know, he's showed his value. They've rushed him into that grand final a couple of years ago. They really miss his leadership and how he tidies up the ruck. So, yeah, you know, uh, whoever comes in, I think it's Lussick. Looks like he's going to come in potentially. Sam Walker. Yeah, well, you, well, just from it could. Yeah, I think Lussick will get the the nod there at 14. But the other thing is, you consider they've also lost Cooper in that period. In in 12 months, there's three senior guys gone. So a rebuilding phase for the Roosters. All right. So of course, last week we introduced the NRL's uh, new. Uh, money or prize game that's going on. NRL Pick and Weekly Fall. Of course, you have a chance to win $100,000 again this week. It's the same deal. Pick your four winners and the correct margin and you can take home a massive $100,000 or a share in it. Round one saw five winners take home 20000 large each. The four matches there on your screen, you can see Titans and Broncos Friday night. 
The Saturday doubleheader, Sea Eagles and Rabbitohs into Cowboys and Dragons. And on Sunday, the West Tigers and Roosters at Campbelltown. One of those matches, of course, we all can't wait for is the Titans against the Broncos. The Titans, they need a win after their first up loss against the Warriors. We're lucky enough to be joined by their coach, the Gold Coast coach right now, Justin Holbrook. Justin, thanks for joining us on Inside the NRL. Not the way you wanted to start your season, but now you've reviewed it today. What was the most disappointing aspect of that loss? Oh, I guess the obviously the result. You know, I think um, after you know everyone's in the same boat. You have a real good preseason. You want to you know start with a win in round one, and uh, we weren't good enough. You know, I got to give the Warriors a lot of credit. They played a very simple game, and and um, you know just ran harder. I guess scored a couple of those tries we're looking at. A couple of little barge overs on the try line that you know we couldn't stop. So um, disappointing, and we're obviously got to get better this week. Justin, the club's obviously recruited very well in the off-season. However, a lot was made about the 600,000 or 700,000, whatever it is you have in the cap left there. It was potentially left aside for Cameron Smith. Now that he's retired, where, where, where do you go? Where, where, do you build that roster now? Can you sign someone? Are you looking at anyone? Uh, we're not looking at anyone in particular and, and I honestly didn't think Cameron would, would play on um, if I'm honest with you. So I, I don't know, you know, we've we got the luxury of, of do having some, some money left but I'm not sure. We haven't got any uh, any plans on that. I think um, as we know it's a long year so it's nice to have a, a spot up our sleeve if we need it and there's no need to rush because I don't feel that we're, we're short in any position. So it's, it's a good position for us to be in. Justin, one of the most hyped teams in recent history in terms of your recruitment over the offseason season. My question's about your halves. You've got David Fafita planted on an edge. What's your message and communication to Ash Taylor, Jamal Fogarty, about when to get them the ball, how to get them the ball and get the best out of those guys so they're not just throwing in the ball and hoping to, to run over their opponent? Yeah, and, and that's a great question, Sally, because you know, you've sort of ask a question with the answer that's what we've got to get right we've got to get the mix of when to get in the ball and when not to and I guess the more time we're going to play together the more chance we're going to get that right obviously we've only played the one game and and uh, Dave didn't have the ideal week preparation to be honest he sort of spent a few days in hospital on a drip with an infection so that that didn't help our cause him not training during the week um, but in saying that as, as you said you know he's an absolute strike player and we've got to make sure that we can as halves with Ash in particular playing on his edge that he can get him some one-on-one um, you know time against other halfbacks rather than as you mentioned giving him the ball too often and then two or three blokes coming in and, and manhandle him or getting a hold of him. So we've got to make sure we use him smart and we've got to fast track that so um, we do it in a good manner, um, you know, starting this week. Justin, just on David Fafita, he'll be the most talked about man in Queensland this week. H- how do you handle the hype and making sure that he comes to the game not going out there overplaying his hand? Yeah, well, I think what helps is... Um, bit similar to Sowie's question, you know, he, he'll get dictated by by our halves when he can and can't get the ball, so I think um, they've got a bit to do with it, you know from my point of view, I'd love him to, to constantly want the ball and then it's up to our halves to decide when to give it to him, but we all know what a what a strike player he is and how good a player he's going to be for us but for, for me, it's just, you know especially being an edge back row, he's just got to do his job and, and know his role for the 80 minutes and he, he's a good enough player that you know, he'll create things, he just, you know we've just got to make sure we, we give it to him in the right opportunity. Justin, little brother versus big brother, Friday night, the local derby. Is this your chance to show that you are genuinely the best team in Queensland this year? 
Oh, well, we won't know that till the end. <laughs> great question. We won't know that till the end of the year. But um, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be great to play at home against our biggest rivals. You know, I think it um, be terrific to get our home game. We obviously played away on the weekend. So to play at home against the Bronx in, in front of hopefully, you know, a, a near capacity full house and, and to play well. You know, that's when we weren't really happy how we played on the weekend. So we want to, you know, give ourselves our best chance playing well and, and hopefully come up with a win. Um, which is what we want. Justin, as always, thank you so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Good luck on Friday night. I hope it's an absolute cracker. And I echo your sentiments to all Titans fans. Get out there and support your team. That'll be great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. And, of course, uh, you can get your tickets at nrl.com forward slash tickets. All right. It's time for Hit or Miss. He's on the back page of the Sydney Daily Telegraph today. Uh, Manly must sort out Des Hasler's future this week before it threatens to derail their season. Sowie. Miss, I think you've got to wait and see. They don't want to get tied into a long-term solution if if the problem's going to be ongoing. They were not good on the weekend in the Manly Seagulls and Dylan Walker spoke about attitude and stuff like that. I don't know if you can re-sign the coach if one of the players, one of your leading players is coming out saying that the attitude wasn't great. So, yeah, miss for me. Yeah, it's a miss for me. I think if the Seagulls feel like they need to rush into it, they should ring Raylene Castle and Ray did, but ask them about rushing into signing Des Hasler. It didn't work out for Canterbury. They signed him for a longer-term deal and they lived to regret it. It was the end of both their tenures. So, miss for me. It doesn't, it doesn't mean he's not going to be the coach. I just don't see the rush. Just wait and see how it pans out. All right. Uh, Todd Payton was criticised for his public uh, undressing of Jason Tamalolo after their loss against the Panthers. Here's what he had to say after their loss. I've said it several times, Jace is contracted here for seven years. If we cook him 65 to 75 minutes a game in three to four years, what value are we going to get out of him? So Jason Tamalolo ran for just 55 metres in his 51 minutes on field. So with that in mind, Todd Payton must stick to his guns with his stance on Jason Tamalolo and his minutes. Hit. But hit and miss. I know, no, no, I know. No, it's no, a hit. No. He must stick to it because he said it, right? He'll look a fool if he doesn't stick to it. I just don't know if it's the right thing to do. Like, if he comes out now and says, you know what, JC, you go play 80 minutes, what does that say about his coaching ability and his strength at that club? I'm not asking. Week? If you're the coach, if you're Todd Payton, do you stick to your guns you have with to. your stance? He made his bed. He has to lay in it. So it's a hit? It's a hit. Okay, Sowie, please. Hit, hit for me because he plays the Dragons this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be hard, but on the weekend, the, the Cowboys as a team were great and, and Jason was probably a product of that. So uh, it'll be hard, but the coach is going to have to change things. If it's 10-all and you have to push him an extra 10 minutes, he's going to have to, but he wasn't at his best on the weekend. All right, so to Todd Payton's defence, I sat down with him in the preseason. He said there will be some games throughout the year that he will have to leave him out there for an extra five or yeah. ten, but he's not going to do it every week. No. He's not going to play. Well, he's the coach. He, he, at the end of the day, the buck stops with him. If they're losing games and he's not playing Jason Tamalolo minutes, that, that's, that comes down to Todd Payton. I need to ask you one question, Sowie. So, when he was, so the criticism of Tamalolo is that sometimes in defence he can get a little bit lazy when he was playing big minutes. But Jason, uh, Todd Payton said the same thing after the weekend, that there was a try there where it was Jason Tamalolo who didn't work at marker. Well, if he's playing 55 minutes and he's still doing that, is it a fitness thing or is it an attitude thing? No idea. You have to ask Jason Tamalolo. I think after that public spray, it might be 
might be on this week. I reckon Jason Tamalolo <laughs> will be on against your Dragons, unfortunately, for your sake. All right, the Bulldogs are so desperate to get Matt Burton to the club immediately. They're willing to sign him and lend him back to the Panthers if they have an injury to their halves. This news in Michael Chammers' column in the Sydney Morning Herald. So, Penrith should let Matt Burton go to Canterbury now, Michael. Miss, miss. What if he gets injured playing for Canterbury? I think they'd much rather him get injured playing New South Wales Cup than letting him go on the proviso he comes back. Mate, it, and honestly, if Matt Burton, we gets around 25 and Nathan Cleary goes down, I'm pretty sure Matt Burton's going to be happy playing for a potential premiership than trying to maybe not avoid the spoon. But you know, he's not going to play finals football at Canterbury this year. I think sit down, wait for your chance, it might happen. He's whacked the Bulldogs on the way through. Yeah, so. hit, hit for me. Yeah, let's get him across there. Let him play NRL. You can oh, have come on. some Howie. stipulations. He can go back just before the deadline, whatever you like. Well, but not a circus, he's going to get mate. more experience playing NRL than he is in New South Wales Cup. He was good on the weekend, but I just think what stops this is allowing players to sign a year out. Correct. You, know, you, you, you come up with that deadline. Yes, the managers can talk behind the scene. That's what they're paid to do. But you make a deadline of when they can actually start talking and when they can sign because this fiasco now is just dragging on. That's another whole can of worms. Speaking of, it's time to move on to champ and chump. And it's over to you, Sally. Yeah, a couple of champs this week. Uh, I was out there at Penrith on Saturday night and I love the fact that we're getting to know players behind the scenes and into their lives. But these two, Jerome Luai and Brian Tuttle, straight after the game, the new Backstreet Boys of the NRL. Everybody, yeah. Rock your body, yeah. Sorry, me. They love it. I always love it. That is amazing. That is just two kids loving playing footy and pretty good at doing it as well. On the flip side, who's your chump? <laughs> Those tossers up there in Queensland that got in front of Corey Parker during his live cross. Corey had a job to do, and uh, this is what happened when he tried to do it. You can see that the normal crowd's turned up, so everything's going well here, Jess. Things are starting to... I don't know what's going on here, but anyway, for the... Oh. I feel sorry for Corey there because I've been in that situation. And you just... Je- je- That's just stupid, That's just stupid. That's <laughs> just, yeah. You see a camera, you feel like you have to run in front of it. They would hate it if you do it their job. I'm off it. All right, Michael, your turn next week for your champ and chump. Uh, of course, tomorrow afternoon, NRL teams is back. Neve Owens, Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrell will take you through all of the latest uh, NRL team news. Uh, that's from 3.55pm before the teams drop at 4. They'll have them as they drop. Of course, 100% footy returns tonight on Channel 9. Their special guest, Broncos coach Kevy Walters, ahead of their local derby with the Gold Coast Titans that's from 10pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time and of course Wednesday night uh, Matty Johns sits down with the boss of the game face to face with Matty Johns Uh, plenty of promos on Fox League this week that's from 7.30pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time gents before we go quickly your unmissable match in round two yeah it's obviously Thursday night Storm v Eels but I'm going to go a little bit different I want to see the Raiders v the Sharks Uh, Ricky Stewart against his old team it's always a good game. I'm looking forward to Tigers, Roosters, and how the Tigers bounce back and what the young Roosters can do. Okay. All right, mine's uh, Panthers, Bulldogs, Cleary versus Burn. Barrett, his former. Cleary versus under- well, no, <laughs> That's all we have time for on today's show. We're going to leave you with a little bit of a, a snippet, though, of our Rookie Reflections series brought to you by Ampol. We've done it for a third year. We've got the likes of Harry Grant, uh, Stephen Crichton, Toby Rudolph, Charlie Stain. So here's a snippet of Stephen Crichton's Rookie Reflection. 
Hi, I'm Stephen Crichton, and this is my rookie reflection. I debuted against the Sharks, and there was three of us debuting all at once. And all eyes are on the new boys. Gee, what a fascinating throw at the stumps, handing the booze to three teenagers tonight. Ivan just giving me my debut inside the kitchen. Like out of nowhere, he just said, oh, I'll just be ready, you're playing this week. Oh, I didn't even know what to say, and I was just like, oh, yeah, and I just thought he was, he was joking around. Oh, yeah, we didn't um, address it to the media that whole week um, until, like, two minutes before we kicked off. And they have a real examination tonight. That ball hangs up in the breeze. I was so nervous. I knew that I did the work throughout the week, and I was confident that all I had to do was my job. Oh, and what a take from young Stephen Crichton. That's a great take by the young man on debut. I was beyond happy just running out in my... Family were right next to the tunnel when I was running out. I was always telling them when I was younger I wanted to play footy, but I didn't think um, I could reach it until under 20s. Took footy serious, and yeah, ended up getting my debut.